1: Welcome the latest edition of March Madness 365 and your host Andy Katz from NCAA.com. And on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Providence head coach Ed Cooley, so a little one-on-one in the city of Providence. And during my fast break interview, I'll be joined by USC's Benny Boatwright, who was injured toward the latter part of last season. Had he stayed healthy, I don't think there'd be any question that USC would be in the NCAA tournament and Boatwright might have gone to the NBA draft. He's that talented at six foot ten, can score facing the basket, is actually better facing the basket than he is in the post. And the Trojans, we are doing great on the recruiting trail right now for next season, still have a shot, I think, to be an upper division top four type team in the Pac twelve and compete for an NCAA tournament berth because of Benny Boatright. He's that special, and we'll talk to Benny later on in the podcast. Not a lot of headlines yet. We're getting closer and closer to start a practice. We'll start this week. Teams can decide exactly when they start throughout the course of this week. It depends sort of when they start their season. As you know, a lot of schools now are starting with a bang on November 6th, led by the Champions Classic on ESPN. we got Duke, Kentucky, and Michigan State, Kansas. You've got the next night, uh, Cincinnati's new building being opened by Ohio State. There's going to be some great games starting the season. Florida, Florida State, they usually play that later. Uh, so it's great to see college basketball start that out, but we're going to talk about that later. Uh, last week on NCAA.com, I'm continuing my lists that I'm throwing out there that drive a lot of people crazy, I think sometimes, because it can be polarizing by who I select for these various lists, but it's not just off the top of my head. I'm consulting with coaches and administrators and, and certainly conferences uh, just to pick their brains, not going exactly what they say, but I'm, I you know I want to gather sort of a consensus if you will. Uh, I will start off by saying that I got to have a little little mea culpa. I need a little mulligan here because there is one player and I certainly heard about it that I spaced on just because he's in a different category. And that's what I'm looking at seniors. I did I I'm going to admit here, I forgot about Travis Reed of Kentucky because I was looking at returning seniors, not transferring seniors. So I'm going to have a different category coming up anyway, because I'm going to have top transfers. But that's why you didn't see Travis Reed on the top impactful seniors. So that's a mistake by me. And uh, certainly he will be one of the more impactful seniors. Uh, there's no question about it uh, this season. Uh, so let's look at the returning seniors that I did mention uh, in, uh, in our column last week. Ethan Half from Wisconsin, Juwan Morgan, Uh, Both could compete for Big Ten Player of the Year. So could James Palmer from Nebraska. Uh, Luke May from North Carolina. Uh, You could go down the list of the Nevada players, Caleb and Cody Martin, Jordan Caroline. I got multiple UCF players, and B.J. Taylor was hurt. Latter part of last season, Taco Fall, same thing. Both those guys are healthy. They're going to have a major impact on whether or not the Knights are in the NCAA tournament or win the AAC. Dean Wade from K-State only played in one of the – Games in the NCAA Tournament and their run to the Elite Eight. Uh, He's going to be a major factor, I think, for K-State again this season as they try to challenge Kansas at the top of the Big 12. Mike Dom, if you don't know about him from South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, which if you're a regular listener, you know it's my favorite nickname in college basketball. He's going to have a special season leading, I think, the Jackrabbits yet again to the NCAA Tournament. Jordan Murphy, uh, if you follow the Big Ten, you know about Murphy because he's a double-double machine. And have they not had... A suspension and injuries. Minnesota have been the NCAA tournament last season, and Murphy was a main reason why. Quindary Witherspoon from Mississippi State flirted with the NBA draft. He's now back for the Bulldogs and certainly will be a main reason that Mississippi State is competing uh, for an NCAA tournament berth. Villanova, two key guys back, Eric Pascal and Phil Booth. Uh, they're going to be major players for the Wildcats. Uh, I mentioned Boatwright You'll hear him later in this podcast. Clayton Custer from Loyola, Chicago. Uh, I think he'll lead the Ramblers back to the top of the Missouri Valley Conference. Charles Matthews from Michigan returned to the Wolverines. He'll be one of the leaders. Uh, Josh Perkins from Gonzaga, one of the better seniors uh, in terms of, it doesn't matter about NBA, it's just veteran players who knows how to play college basketball. Same thing with Marquise Reed from Clemson, another great leader for them. Justin Robinson from Virginia Tech, I think he's going to have a massive season for the Hokies. Potential ACC player of the year, there'll be a lot of competition for that, but he's certainly going to be in the mix. Uh, Fletcher Maggie from Wofford, remember, knocked off North Carolina early in the season. If they can just win the Southern Conference, the rest of the nation will see how good he is and that team, because the Terriers certainly could cause some problems. Uh, Matisse Thibel and Noah Dickerson from Washington. John Elmore from Marshall had that great game against Wichita in the NCAA tournament. Terrence Mann from Florida State, you heard last week uh, from, uh, from uh, Leonard Hamilton talking about the way the Seminoles could certainly be in the mix this season. Yet again, a lot of that has to do with Terrence Mann. And then there's a lot of other players that sometimes people didn't look deep enough into their list. A lot of UConn fans. I have Jalen Adams and they sort of also, uh, you know, other players that are certainly going to be in the mix in this grouping. Otis Livingston from George Mason. Corey Davis from Houston. Barry Brown from K-State, Marcus Towns from Loyola Chicago, Vasa Pusica from Northeastern, Vic Law from Northwestern, Rex Fluger from Notre Dame, Frank Howard from Syracuse, Admiral Schofield from Tennessee, Dylan Ossetkowski from Texas, TJ Shorts from UC Davis, Marcus McDuffie from Wichita State, Justin James from Wyoming. There's so many players that fit into that list. And so then I continue the trend a little with the under-the-radar players, and there were 11 that popped out. And you, you know, I could go on and on with this list. you got to cut it off at some point. But Chris Silver from South Carolina, as good as he has been, all SEC, one of the best defensive players in the country, does not get the love. This is sort of my no love team. Kenny Williams from Cam Johnson, both seniors in North Carolina, they get overshadowed. They need to get more love. C.J. Massenburg from Buffalo, uh, leading the Bulls to that victory over Arizona in the NCAA tournament. Javon Bess from St. Louis, a transfer, really could lead the Billikens to the top of the A-10. Max Struess from DePaul. Uh, You know, Jay Wright tells me that they're going to be much better, and a lot of that has to do with Max if he can play at a high level again, which he has throughout the course of his career. James Thompson IV, a great hidden gem from Eastern Michigan. I mean, he's averaged 11 rebounds every year uh, the last two years, and almost 11 as a freshman. So three years, he's pushing 11 rebounds. Pretty remarkable. And Jeremiah Martin from Memphis, Uh, And Jordan Chapman from B.C. and Seth Towns from Harvard uh, sort of round out, you know, my top three of that list that, you know, really need to get more love. Martin, you know, now playing for Penny Hardaway after playing for Tubby Smith. He's going to be an all AAC player. Jordan Chapman's going to replace Jerome Robinson at B.C., play next to Kai uh, Bowman. And Seth Towns at Harvard, he's going to be the Ivy League preseason player of the year and Harvard should be back in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a much better Ivy League season this season, but I think that uh, you know he's going to be a player that potentially people could be talking about in March as well. More lists coming this week, some teams that are under the radar, uh, also some of the top shooting teams. You'll also talk about some streaks at March Madness that either may get extended or may come to a grinding halt. All right, let's get to our interview portion of the podcast, Ed Cooley and Bunny Boatwright, upcoming here on March Madness 365. Now joining me here on March Madness 365, Providence head coach Ed Cooley. Uh, Ed, you guys uh, just a few weeks ago got back from a great trip to Italy. Uh, so let's dive into that first. What What'd you learn about your team uh, in Italy?
0: I learned that our chemistry is really good. Um, I think the players have a, a comfort level with one another. Uh, We put a lot of our young guys in some tough situations, and I thought they did a decent job. Um, I thought our veterans, you know, they played limited minutes, but at the same time, they showed some great leadership. I'm excited about the group, nervous in one sense because of our inexperience in the backcourt, but like our athleticism, our length, and our toughness.
1: So I had David Duke on my list of impactful freshmen. Uh, I'm not just basing that on the great dunk he had on the highlights that I saw. What has stood out to you about David Duke where he could really make an impact on this team this season well I think David
0: is extremely coachable I think he wants to be good he's a relentless worker he's a very good communicator I want him to come out of his shell a little bit more because he's so young sometimes I think it holds him back from saying the things that he know is right but uh, I just like his overall aura I like his athleticism and he's probably going to be one of the best defensive players in the country when it's all said and done
1: How have you been able to find the guys that really fit your style? It seems like you've got those tough physical sort of wings, big guards uh, on a consistent basis. How have you been able to do that? Well, I think you have to give the staff a lot of credit. I think Brian,
0: Ivan, and Jeff do a good job recognizing what the strength Of myself is with respect to how I like to coach. And they've done a good job identifying young men that could come in and play multiple positions that are tough, that can pass, shoot, and catch. And this is a really skilled freshman class, so I'm excited to watch them grow.
1: You've also done a great job of. Getting older, I mean, the, the success we've seen the last few years as high profile, some of these other schools to get all the one and dones and so on. It's been the teams that are, have veterans and experience that have gotten deep into the tournament. Uh, Alpha Diallo is one of those guys. You've got other key returnees. How have you been able to sustain that aspect where you always seem to have at least a few of those Experienced guys blending in with some of these newcomers? I think it's part of building a program
0: and, and it's a process. Khalif uh, Young is going to be a junior. We have Emmett Holt, who's healthy, uh, not as healthy as he wants to be, but getting healthier. We have Isaiah Jackson Diallo, Malik White, Drew Edwards. Those are older guys. They've been through practices. And Mike Bray always said if you can get your organization old, you'll always stay
1: competitive. So that's something that stayed in my head for a long time. So you mentioned Emmett Holt. Uh, How far along is he to where you feel like he'll be back to what he was years ago? Even
0: from our Italy trip, uh, since the Italy trip, I've really seen him get stronger, more confident. Um, He's had a couple of setbacks, but he's moving forward. He's continued to gain weight. He's in the gym a lot. Um, He's going to be a key factor to us if we're going to be the team we want to be in February, March. We need his growth. We need his experience. And hopefully he can continue to be healthy.
1: You mentioned that this league has had tremendous success, where you could argue, you know, there's been at least 30, uh, 75% of the league enters February thinking they can get into the tournament. This can be an interesting year because it lost a lot the league, but there's a lot of teams. I think one to ten, because I think DePaul will be better, um, will be highly competitive. How do you assess where the Big East is going into this season? Once again, I think top to bottom, we're as
0: competitive as any league in the country. I think DePaul made a big, big jump last year, not so much in wins, but as far as their program, their talent level, their skill level, their toughness. I think Coach Leto and his staff have done a very good job. I think Marquette returns one of the most explosive offensive teams in the country. Against you, 52, Marcus Howard. Wow, thank you. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for reminding us about that. And we lost that game, but, you know, we moved on. Um, Butler returns an experienced backcourt. Uh, I think they have a lot of explosive weapons led by Kamar Ball. but I still think the league Villanova Villanova is very very well coached obviously and you know they you know they still have Pascal they have Booth uh, Gillespie I mean those guys have been in the trenches they played a lot of games Georgetown I think makes a big jump and no one's talking about St. John's St. John's to me has the preseason player of the year in Shamari Ponds I think they're the oldest team in the league Uh, they have a couple of uh, guys that sat out in Clark and Simon I think it's going to be a great league once again. We did lose some, we did lose some pieces, but overall, top to bottom, we're as competitive as anybody in the country.
1: So, a couple weeks prior to Big East media day, right now, you'd go pawns over Marcus Howard for player of the year.
0: <sighs> yes, I would. I mean, and, and I think it's very, very close. But I think you have to throw Eric Pascal in there. I think you've got to throw Alpha Diallo in there. Jesse Govan has got to be in the mix with, with those conversations. Uh, I think one of the guys a lot of people aren't talking about, too uh, underestimated guys, is uh, Hauser uh, from Marquette. And and I think a sleeper in this whole thing is Justin Simon. I mean, he's just somebody who is a stat stuffer.
1: Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this all plays out. You know, you have built this program where you're consistently good, knocking on the door, getting into the NCAA tournament. When you look back at how hard that was to where you could put this program in position to every year be considered, they're going to be in the mix. They're going to be in the mix for the tournament. That's the perception. Even if you're retooling, not rebuilding, retooling a little bit, how hard was it? It's it's very difficult, but that's
0: where, you know, you have to trust your staff. And I think we have an outstanding staff. I think uh, Father Shanley and Bob Driscoll. Uh, allow resources to get you to a point where you can be competitive in recruiting. You can be competitive in, you know, your game, your game experience, you know, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, and then w- how you're able to build new facilities, of which we have, where we're opening a brand new Romaine Development Center. I think all those things tie into building a program, but more importantly, it's about your staff. And I think we have one of the most underestimated staffs in the country. So I couldn't be more grateful to, for those guys that helped me build this program.
1: Yeah, We're not there today as we're taping this. We're in downtown Providence. I can't wait to see the new facility. How much of a game changer is it for you? Well, I think it's going to be a big game changer as we continue to brand it right now. We as a staff are getting
0: accustomed to how you walk in it. Like, what do you show first? So we're in a developmental stage with it. But when it's all said and done, I think we do have the best practice facility in
1: America because it's probably the newest. You know, you have been through quite a lot. I mean, there was health scares. You you know, there was the, the uh, you're out of your house. From, I'm trying to remember what was that natural disaster. Uh, it was fire. It was a fire. Yeah. So you're out of your house. Uh, you've had, to, you know, the personal level, you guys have had to deal with, you and your wife have had to deal with deaths in the family. Um, how have you been able to stay so strong, stay in the moment, and keep this program at a high level despite all sort of life's natural distractions that you've had to deal with? One thing about being home is you have family around you.
0: We Again, I come back to our staff and our support group with uh, our medical staff. Um, but more importantly, it's been our staff and my children and my wife. Uh, it hasn't been easy. Uh, it's a lot of ups and downs. But I think you deal with it in a positive way with optimism, not pessimism. And you know the culture of our organization is about perseverance. And if we can continue to persevere through tough times, anything's possible. And that's where the word divine providence comes in. We're at the
1: right place, at the right time, with the right people. You look good. Um, you know that's never easy in a high-stress job. How hard has it been for you to, to maintain, you know, a good weight for you to, to and keep it off?
0: Well, I'm a little overweight right now, but when it's all said and done, come November 6th, I'll be back where I want to be. Will the pants fit? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Sure. 100% it'll fit.
1: (laughs) I mean, that was a great moment. And and you know what's great is that you're able to at times laugh at yourself, which I think a lot of coaches sometimes they get too stressed and, you know, take themselves too seriously. How critical is that for you to, to, to maintain that levity on a daily basis when needed so that you don't, you know, get consumed too much with it?
0: Andy, I've known you for 20-some-odd years now. You've seen us grow in this business. I think you can't take yourself too serious. You have to be self-critical, but you also have to enjoy the moment sometimes. And, you know, um, I'm one who loves to enjoy the moment. We have to be serious when it's game time. Other than that, enjoy life, man. You can't take yourself too serious. For all the coaches that are strung out, stressed or whatever, come talk to me. We'll have a great conversation about stress release.
1: You know, there's a lot of changes coming down the pike, um, and you've seen it from all different angles. How healthy is the game right now? I think the game's in a
0: great place, you know. uh, And and for the setback we had with the FBI investigation, that's just a a minute percentage of all the good things that college basketball provides for student-athletes giving them an education, giving them a place to eat, giving them a place to stay, the level of people that they can meet. The game has changed so many different lives, and I don't think enough people report enough on the goodness of the game because negative sells. Positivity is kind of set in the background. This game has changed millions and millions of young kids' lives, not just on the basketball side, but all of the student athletes and intercollegiate athletics. So basketball is in a great place. The changes will make do. A lot of us are going to complain about it, but at the end of the day, the plane's always turbulent, but it lands 99.9% of the time on, on the
1: tarmac. You haven't delved into the sort of the one and done, and we don't know when that's going to change, if it's going to change. Um, but you've had great success with guys that have been here for four years, essentially. To build a program in this league, uh, as competitive as it is, how critical has that been for you to make sure you've got guys that grow with you and that you can count on as juniors and seniors?
0: I think it's an underestimated uh, thing people talk about. And again, as much as Duke, uh, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas, they do a great job. That's just not our brand. Our brand is about developing the whole, developing the young man from start to finish, getting you to graduate, seeing something beyond basketball, being more than basketball. And when you look at how Villanova has done it, okay, when you look at how Gonzaga has done it, there's a lot of different ways to win. Our goal is to compete for a national championship, but at the end of the day, our number one goal is to see these kids succeed in life beyond basketball.
1: And lastly, scheduling-wise, I know last year you guys did the the game at Mohegan Sun for charity with UConn. How much are you open to, you know, UConn and other former Big East schools that Providence had, you know, good series with? I know you've played B.C. I mean, you know, I don't know where the uh, Syracuse or of th- th- those other former ones, Pitt. Where do you stand on trying to renew some of those rivalries on a semi-regular or every once in a while basis? Well, we would love to see that Syracuse,
0: Connecticut, Pitt, Notre Dame. I mean, I think it's good for the game. I think it's good for the Northeast. I think it's good for the college, uh, Providence College uh, community. But I want to go back to your exhibition game, and I hope this is something the NCAA continues to look into. I think we should have exhibition games uh, where we're able to give back to our local charities, not so much on the national scene, but there are so many local charities in our own community that can use the support. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we can get eight to 10,000 people to come out to support a cause, there's homelessness. There's single moms. There's single parents. There's foster children. There's, there's food shelters that need our support. And I think the NCA shouldn't look at it as just a natural disaster because there's a community disaster every single day that young men and women could use to support, even if it's a, a pair of shoes.
1: Appreciate it, Ed. Uh- High hopes for this Providence team. I mean, I'm anticipating we're going to be talking a lot about PC throughout the course of the season. As you said, you think this team is going to get better and better as we get into January and February and into early March. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it with our staff developing this young group. It's an
0: exciting time here at Friartown. I'm looking forward to November 6th as we have our first game against Siena. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Andy.
1: And coming up here in our Fast Break interview, I'll be joined by Benny Boatwright of USC. Now joining me here on March Madness 365 for our Fast Break interview, Benny Boatwright from USC. And, Benny, let's go right at it. First off, how are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling well. Just uh, coming off surgery a couple months ago, and I'm uh, recovering at a good pace.
1: All right, Benny, how close are you to being the Benny Boatwright that we saw in the Rainbow Classic where you were nailing threes and were virtually unstoppable offensively?
2: Right. Um, I think I'm there now. Mentally, I'm there. But uh, physically, I'm just going to take my time with it. And, uh, make sure I'm hundred percent healthy before I step back on the court. Cause you know, this is not, I'm not a, uh, this is not the first time this happening. so I'm
1: just going to take my time and, uh, I'll be ready. So at your size, 610 ish. Yeah. 16. When you can shoot the way you can shoot, how tough are you to defend?
2: I'm pretty tough, pretty tough. Uh, cause this year I'm going to try to incorporate more playmaking in my game. Just, um, being able to create off the dribble and make plays for my teammates. But, uh, yeah, I think it,
1: it I'm pretty tough to guard. I mean, because I look at you as like a point forward. How comfortable are you with your guard skills, uh, you know, in addition to your height? I've never
2: played in the post growing up. I just incorporated it as I got older. But I'm just naturally a guard. I'm just having to be 6'10".
1: You know, I put you down as one of the most impactful seniors for this season. For you to have that kind of impact on USC, to put you guys on the doorstep of being in the NCAA tournament, what do you have to do?
2: Just be a leader and... uh my the biggest thing that I want to I want to be this year is, is be consistent, be consistent on the court, be healthy, um, and just take it one game at a time.
1: And in terms of the pieces with this Trojan team, because you guys did fall short last season, and we can debate whether you, you should have been or should or or not. That's for another right. time. That's in the past. What pieces right. are in place with a healthy Benny right to get this team into the tournament?
2: Um, as far as as far as players, or yes, oh, we've definitely incorporated a lot of a lot of new guys. Um, the three freshmen, Elijah, Kevin Porter, and Jaron, they're going to be a big help to us. And guys, you know, guys on the team that were on the team last year have another year of experience, so
1: that's just that's just going to be helpful throughout the uh, when we go through the postseason. Because look, you could have left, even though you were in- injured, you came back. I'm sure to enhance your game and to get back to the tournament how much is that driving you after the way last season ended for you personally and the team
2: oh personally I'm I'm hungry you know I, I really I, I feel like I haven't accomplished what I wanted to in college yet so I got that on my mind a lot just trying to just trying to just, just go out there and win I just want to win I don't care about the personal accolade I just want the team to win and as a team I feel like we feel the same way because we feel like we were somewhat snubbed last year but this year, we can't even leave it up to the committee to decide. We have to be one of those teams that are like that you would think is automatically in.
1: And lastly, Benny, Coach Enfield, how much has he brought up the snub, the fact that you guys didn't get in as a motivational tactic to make sure you guys are locked in from day one?
2: He, he brought it up early. He brought it up early, but now it's a new season, new team. We have a whole bunch of different players and a different dynamic, so – He rarely brings it up now.
1: Well, Benny, I appreciate it. Can't wait to see you back on the court, and thanks for joining me. Okay, thank you. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find our podcast wherever you find the Turner Podcast Network. And, of course, you can listen to our podcast through our various March Madness social media platforms on NCA.com or certainly on Twitter and Facebook. As always, thanks for listening.